This Facts and O'Brien podcast is brought to you by Gary Thomas and the Wealth Technology Group in Westfield. Where it's not what you make, it's what you keep. Rock on a two, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 536 and Queen on Rock 102. Well, it wasn't like I was going to enjoy today anyway, but uh, cloudy with occasional showers and a high of 76. It was possible I might have been tolerant of the day up until 3.20 this afternoon. You're going to be tolerant of anything anyway. 3.20 this afternoon, as I was saying, is when fall arrives. It's just another day. Uh, That's uh, it. Listen, Paul McCartney, that's not true at all. It's, uh, what is it, a Wednesday? Uh, I believe today is, uh, let me double check, yes, yeah. a Wednesday. It's going to feel very much like last Wednesday. <clears throat> oh, wait a minute. No, no, last Wednesday was hugely different than every other Wednesday of my life. Uh, but this one, yeah, 320, summer, uh, 319, I guess, summer ends. And then uh, 320, uh, the fall begins. Well, we'll be spending the entire show mostly lamenting the coming of fall. Uh, you can look forward to that all morning long. Or or remembering the greatness of last Wednesday. That and other stuff. It's 537 at Rock 102. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 551 in Asia on Rock 102. So uh, cloudy today with a chance of showers, but actually not, uh, not too bad. From what I was seeing uh, earlier, if you look at the hourly, on uh, the uh, Weather Channel, uh, well, at 11 a.m. So right after, shortly after this show, 10 a.m., it'll go up to 40% chance of rain. 11 a.m., 58%, and it stays that way uh, till about 7 p.m., till the day is over. Well, we're, in, we're practically in drought conditions right now, so we can uh-huh. probably use that rain. Yeah, well, think about that when you're looking for pumpkins this year. Hey, what do you say we hop mm. right into some Hollywood yeah. trash with Steve yeah. Nagel of Rock 102? Uh, Monday night, the Rolling Stones played their first gig since Charlie Watts' death at a private event hosted by New England Patriots owner Robert Kraft. Really? We didn't uh, get invitations to that party? Uh, apparently not. Yeah, what a there surprise. There was 275 guests under a tent on the field at Gillette Stadium. We do have to make sure that we ask tomorrow, we ask Scott Zolak if he was there. He probably was. I bet he was. I mean, you know, we've been, uh, not for nothing, but we've been covering those games for the last 21 years. I would yeah. think that maybe Mr. Kraft would give us a little something-something and say, hey, uh, thanks very much for being part yeah. of the Patriots Rock Radio Network. You ever use the tickets that you get from being part of the Rock Radio Network? Oh, you make me laugh. Huh? They're in Randolph. Yes. That's how far you're sitting from the field. And I don't you, and you know who this Randolph guy is you're talking about. Two but towns I've, over from Foxborough. But I've never met him. And you better be uh, bringing a rag with you because your nose is going to be bleeding That's all right. night long. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Anyway, Mick Jagger kicked it off with a tribute to Charlie. He said, quote, This is our first tour in 59 years that we've done without our lovely Charlie Watts. We miss Charlie so much. We miss him as a band. We miss him as friends on and off the stage. And we've got so many memories. We dedicate this show to you, Charlie. Well, Who is that? That was Mick Jagger. <laughs> that was, your, was that your Cockney accent? <laughs> that was my Cockney. Not bloody Lockley. Um... Well, the good thing is, at least unlike Tom Brady, Charlie Watts is not now drumming for another band. Uh, oh. You know, that's, listen, 
That was that was a low blow. I'm, I'm listening. Well, yeah. no, I know. Yeah. I, I, I got nothing. I'm just telling yeah. you that. Just, you know, be, care, be careful stepping on that mm-hmm. landmine. Uh, insulting the New England Patriots like that. Well, Tom Brady was a nobody and is still a nobody. Oh, yeah. And Tom Brady did more with his name than you could ever do. Uh, <laughs> the Stones officially relaunched, relaunched their No Filter Tour in, on Sunday in St. Louis. You mean like no filtered cigarettes, or what does that mean? No. It means uh, they're not going to be wearing masks. Ah, there you go. I think there that's what go. it is. In her uh, new memoir, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, reveals that she's been romantically involved with a woman for the past 19 years. Hey, now. All right. Yeah. Her real name, of course, is uh, Cassandra Peterson, who uh, was still with her husband when she met Teresa T. Wearson at the Gold's Gym in Hollywood. And when she first saw Wearson, she thought uh, she thought she was a hot guy. Elvira said he was tan. It was a woman, uh-huh. but looked like a man. Uh-huh. Elvira said he was tan, tattooed, and muscular and gave mm. off such intense energy that when he walked into the room, the waters parted and everyone stopped and stared. But he didn't have a penis. He was a she, yeah. and they became good friends, platonically at first. Of but course. Then Elvira's marriage ended, and Teresa was just getting out of a relationship, too. And one day she showed up at Elvira's house with her stuff and just moved in. Oh, man. You know, what's remarkable is I've gone, uh, oh, I don't know, months, maybe years since the last time I really gave any real heavy thought to Elvira. And I'm just wondering if this is just like a publicity thing. Like, did you care? Really? Well, I mean, you know. If you can be uh, involved romantically with anyone she damn well pleases. Every year around uh, Halloween, I'm sure somebody somewhere finds a reason to go, hey, let's see what uh, is happening with Elvira. Well, that's exactly why. She was a uh, part of pop culture, and yeah. uh, now they, they just, hey, let's uh, remember that time she was popular? Right. Bring her back. Uh, anyway, the one night they went to a movie together, and Elvira suddenly realized she wanted to hit that. She said, uh, what the hell was I doing? I'd never been interested in women as anything other than friends. I felt so confused. And she immediately became abusive? No. Like, you said she wanted to hit that? Uh, she was talking about maybe using a pair of kitchen shears to uh, scissor something. When, oh. you, when you say hit that, yeah. uh, that has another meaning besides a violent one. Apparently. By the way, she's 70 years old. How yeah. do you like that? I would never thought. She kept the relationship quiet all these years to protect the Elvira character, but obviously she's ready to live her truth now. Oh, good for her. What, about what time. Is, what, what is Elvira some sort of you know virginal figure that she can't be romantically involved with whoever she damn well feels like? Mm-hmm. Ridiculous. On a more somber note, Elvira also claims NBA legend Wilt Chamberlain forced her to give him oral sex. Oh, boy. Quote, when a 7-foot, 300-pound uh, man has his hand wrapped around your neck, there's not really a whole lot you can do. Okay. Uh, is she giving any kind of uh, idea of when this was? Because wouldn't their ages have been tremendously different? Uh, yeah, she doesn't say exactly when this happened. If she's 70 well, and Wilt was what age when he died, and how many years ago was that? We try to do the math. Oh, uh, boy. Well, Wilt Chamberlain uh, was 63 at the time of his death. He Which died in 1999. 1999. So 20 years ago. Uh, she was 50. She would have been 50. Yeah, okay. All right. He's what? He would... He'd be how old right now? He never would have made it. Yeah, well, sure. uh, uh, he'd be like eighty-four. Okay, so there's only like a fourteen-year difference. So I guess 
That makes sense. Well, well, she, when you're going to bed down with twenty thousand women, you got you you know, I mean, you got numbers to keep up. Yeah, I'm just trying to decide whether or not Elvira was a woman at the time as opposed to a girl. But if they're only fourteen years apart, then probably. Elvira also confirms the old rumor that she had sex with Tom Jones when she was a Vegas showgirl and ended up in the ER with an injury because he was so well endowed. No oh, kidding. Yeah. That's why he sang that song, uh, my, my, my Elvira. Elvira. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I was going to go with, what's new, pussycat? Yeah, what yeah, yeah. new? Didn't work out that way. Yeah, Yours was better. Uh, Uma Thurman attacked the new abortion law in Texas as, quote, another discriminatory discriminatory tool against those who are economically disadvantaged. She also revealed that she had an abortion in her late teens. She's pissed about this whole law. That's a shame. There was a basement fire in Will and Jada Pinkett Smith's home on Monday afternoon. A fireman had to be treated, but everyone is fine. Well, that's good news. That is good news. Mm -hmm. How uh, How did the fire start? Uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe it was some wiki wiki wow, wiki wiki wow wow what stuff. What what is, uh, what is uh, that? Will Smith is uh, getting jiggy with it flammable? No, I don't think that is. I believe uh, going to Miami though. That's a pretty hot song. Hmm. It's mm-hmm. true about that. And uh, yeah, I'll just kind of leave it at that. There and, you uh, go. That's we it. Let the, uh, mm-hmm. the music play out, huh. or you can just end it, it and we'll let the music leave. No, you got to let the music. There you go. And that is your Hollywood trash on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. Life has changed since COVID-19. A lot. Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Benjamin Moore Paint. Cabot Stains. Plus rock solid painting advice and expertise. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? You know, many years ago, I had the chance to throw out the first pitch before a Major League Baseball game between the Milwaukee Brewers and the Texas Rangers. Now... I'll be the first to admit I don't exactly have the velocity that I used to have during my dynamic playing days in Little League. And while I didn't want to embarrass myself in front of 34,000 people, I was at least able to throw the baseball neatly into the mitt of former all-star catcher B.J. Serhoff. It wasn't a great first pitch, but I at least kept it in the stadium. Unlike what you might have seen last night when Irish MMA fighter Conor McGregor may have thrown what is being described as the very worst celebrity first pitch in baseball history. Conor McGregor was slated to throw the opening pitch before last night's Cubs game in Chicago against the Twins. McGregor, who is typically portrayed as an arrogant and cocky young man, stepped onto the mound to present what might have been his very first time touching a baseball. In fact, I cannot be entirely sure that Conor McGregor has ever actually seen a baseball. I feel confident making that claim after watching the video of this pitch no less than 30 times just to make sure I was seeing this correctly. And what I saw was this. A man in a snugly fitting sports blazer throwing a baseball not only out of the view of the television cameras, but sailing into the protective netting beyond the third base line. As someone who has thrown out the first pitch, I can tell you that's not supposed to happen. In theory, you're supposed to throw the baseball towards the guy squatting in front of you. This pitch was perhaps 30 to 50 feet off target. The pitch was so bad that people are comparing it to the first pitch that was thrown by rap sensation 50 Cent seven years ago, in which he threw an errant baseball 20 feet to the left side of the plate. Was McGregor's pitch really that bad? Oh yeah. It was that bad, which brings me to my point. Perhaps it's time for celebrities and other such notable figures to understand their limitations. If you can't throw a baseball, 
then don't throw a baseball. You wouldn't perform surgery on somebody if you didn't know what you were doing. What makes you think you're going to become the next Roger Clemens out there? Here's an idea. How about saying no? Or would that have been asking too much? But hey, and of my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. A lot of fancy gas grills out there, but I see the New York Times top two grill picks are Weber gas grills. Built right, priced right. They don't get fancy. They just get it right with Weber. The best deals in gas grills available right now at your neighborhood Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock at 612 and ZZ Top on Rock 102. Hey, hang on a second. I'm just doing uh... Last touches here on a on an Amazon purchase. It'll arrive uh, next Monday. Paperback what? version, fifteen dollars. What you getting? Uh, love and sex with robots: the evolution of human robot relationships by uh, Daniel Levy. Levy, because uh, D- Dan Levy from uh, you know, like uh, like Eugene Levy's kid. Yeah, yeah, I believe that's him. Uh, there's another uh, article, and and I got to tell you, it it. it it pains me to think that this could be going wrong before it even goes right. Uh, I am among the uh, 40% of the population, mostly male, who want to have sex with a robot. You know, and it pains me that we're talking about this again. Yeah, well, you know what? Until it happens, until I find one who turns me off, uh, then I will keep looking. But yeah, 40% of the population, mostly male, want to have sex with robots. Now, here, here's what I'm worried about. They are already saying, and, and this I really don't have to worry about because I'm not going to be around by 2050. But um, by 2050, they believe that super smart sex robots will use their owners as slaves. Mm. Isn't that a twist of fate? It's like, it's like the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, you know, all of a sudden, because you know why? They when I say super smart, they say that some of these robots will know three dictionaries and all of Wikipedia. That that will be their brain knowledge, their uh, their uh, hard drive brain knowledge. They'll be able to carry out conversations, develop personalities, and mimic orgasms. Well, you know, like any computer, I mean, you can you can pump them with all kinds of stuff that they allegedly <laughs> I <intend> know. To. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I'm just uh, I'm just wondering um, why you would want to be involved in something like this. Well, I'm trying to figure out why I would want a robot that mimics orgasms. I've already known people who do that. Since do I really when, need a robot? Well, to do I was going to say, since when did you care about anyone's orgasm yeah. but your own? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, let's see. What? Some people say they deserve human rights. Please. Shouldn't you be human first before you demand or I would are think so. given rights like that? They will also develop, uh, uh, one, one of them that's being worked on right now will also have facial recognition. Well, I hope that doesn't mean they're going to run away. <laughs> no, but they could say, oh, it's you again. Or, oh, another facial? <laughs> All right. I guess that's what I'm programmed for. <clears throat> Recognition. Uh, uh, yeah, I yeah, know, right. right. They'll recognize uh, what what you're trying to do right, before yes. it happens. Uh, now, here's another part that's a little bit scary. The advancements in artificial intelligence 
could mean more rebellious robots. If, uh, if the robots are being programmed with artificial general intelligence, which allows them to understand anything that's been previously stated online or in literature, then robots could actually become smart enough to decide that they don't want to do what they're programmed to do, and they'll do something different. Well, do you remember uh, 2001 uh, Space Odyssey? Oh, sure. Hal. Right. Hal, yeah. Hal has an attitude problem. Hal does. Yeah. yeah. Hal uh, starts you know, thinking on his own. And the moment you have machines thinking on their own and making you know, like uh, their own judgments... That's when you're running into real problems. Well, and and in, a, in a sexual environment, I'm not sure that's such a great idea. Well, to be fair, uh, Hal started out okay. Uh, you know, I believe there were environmental factors that might have been responsible for turning him into the dick he became. Sure. Uh, but also, was he not surrounded only by males? Uh yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But 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 nevertheless that uh everything was fine for a while and then they turned into a dick is kind of very much like a human relationship. Well, see, I only watched I think maybe the first couple of episodes of Westworld. Uh I believe that's on HBO. And uh you know, that was uh that was a show about uh robots that originally I I don't know if they were originally known to be robots or if they were thought to be humans because they were made exactly like humans. And uh, it was supposed to be some kind of a society that, you know, we, we coexisted with them. I, I don't know. I, I kind of stopped watching. It wasn't as good as I had hoped it was. There was no sex in the first episode. That was a problem. Uh, yeah. But, I think um, you probably find there's no sex in any of the episodes. Uh, I don't know about that. Uh, did you watch it? No, yeah, but well, then I, don't, I wouldn't say that. It's I don't, HBO, man. HBO After Dark. Woo. Yeah, and I find that most of those HBO After Dark shows, much like Cinemax, is very disappointing. Yeah, Cinemax, Doesn't yeah. Doesn't give me anything that I'm really looking for. Mm. And Robot Section would be among those things that I am not looking for. I'm going to tell you, uh, I'm, so I told you this the other, the other day. I'm reading this book uh, called Bonk. It's, um, let me go back and try and describe it. In uh, layman's terms, I guess. Actually, I don't think it, it would be layman's terms, but uh, y- you know what I'm saying. You're going to dumb it down for all of us. Well, I'm going to try and smart it up for me is yeah. what I'm actually trying to do. The curious coupling of science and sex. That's it. it, and, it and it's written by a very, very funny uh, woman. She has a series of books, and, and uh, when I heard about this one, I, I saw it was written somewhere that she was an extremely funny person, and she is. She actually makes some very uh, very funny comments in very uncomfortable parts of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as as we get older, uh, men and women, for that matter, um, it, it is amazing where science has uh, followed us to. Did you know that you can actually get implants uh, for the man down there? Yeah, actually, they've had those for a while for uh, for impotence. Yeah, yeah, and uh, 
you know, not that I uh, not that I want one or need one. I'm just saying this is you what know, I read in the book. You're the guy taking Cialis for recreational That's purposes. That's right, for recreational. Exactly. I take it like uh, Smarties. All right, Mr. Softy. Uh, the um, the thing with the with the uh, implant that's kind of bizarre is uh you know it's 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 like a bicycle tire i mean there's a there's a space where uh there's a thing a gadget a device uh-huh. i don't know what the hell you'd call it where uh you would inflate uh the boy the big man the way i've uh, i've seen it described is it's kind of like uh, that air bladder you'd see in like a blood pressure cuff so you you pump up the uh, you pump up the bladder right yeah, but but where the pump itself? See, I was a little lost now that I'm thinking about it. As I read this, I don't know if it's like a detachable pump, like a blood pressure thing, or like a a tire inflator thing. You know, because there's a there's a like what's on the tire is underneath the boys. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure if it's a detachable uh, thing or if it's something that is attached to you, say like a feeding tube. But I uh, but I uh, I do know that those uh, those implants are all about the pumping. And and supposedly they're uh, they're quite good. Because I, I it's guess. still using uh you uh you know on the outside it's all you. Um and on the inside it's uh, basically uh, artificial, but it's also uh, it can be larger and uh, all greater girth, which I suppose is like putting thirty-seven pounds into a tire that's supposed to only have thirty-five. Yeah, it's easy to overinflate. Uh, yeah, in fact, I'm, gotta, I'm pretty sure there is like a there is a gauge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Can, much like a tire. I, I think that goes in the back. I think so. <laughs> yeah, and then the, the little stem pops out to tell you how much uh, pressure I, there, there is. I would probably get a tattoo just so I wouldn't uh, forget the number. I know whenever I have to pump my tires on my yeah. car, I'm always uh, forgetting. Well, is it 34, 36? I can't remember. Yeah, well, th- this is, uh, man, oh, man, I tell you what, the strides that we have made, we've gone from, from air pump penises to sex robots to... You imagine what it's going to be like 50 years from now? Pretty soon we'll be able to put microchips in vaccinations. Oh, please. We've been doing that since the 70s. It's 622 with Bax and O'Brien of Rock 102. It's 625 with Bax and O'Brien of Rock 102. Tomorrow, like uh, we talked about earlier, Scott Zolak will be joining us. We're going to talk about Patriots football and probably... Well, that's probably about it. Well, and that party that apparently the Rolling Stones did, a private party for Robert Kraft. You're going to find out if Scott was at that. You know, uh, we've been covering these games for decades now, mm. and uh, I have do not. This again, are you? Well, I'm not saying that I needed to be invited to the party, but I have not personally benefited from any mm-hmm. of this. Yeah, well, it's not intended for our personal benefit. Believe yeah. me, but, I used our you, tickets one time, and I was amazed at how bad they were. Don't you think that after twenty plus years, nope. we'd get at least a little something from like, a, like a Patriots coffee mug or a bumper sticker or something? We probably will now. Now that the dynasty is over, now that the Patriots, uh, you know, twenty year long uh, at the top. Thing is over. Yeah, you know, you're pretty quick to close the door on this whole thing. Well, I, I really, you know, I was reading something yesterday about uh, Belichick maybe still having it, and uh, I don't know. I just, uh, I, I just really think Brady was the bigger part of this, and uh, now that he's gone, yeah, now, now we might get a mug or something. I'd be happy with that. I mean, I'm not asking for tickets. I'm not asking to sit in the luxury suite with the. Uh, 
with Mr. Kraft and his son. I'm just asking for something simple. I know. You know, like a, a T-shirt. I, mm. Where's the T-shirt? I don't got. You know, we get no T-shirt. Well, on the other hand, we have not sent them a Bax and O'Brien T-shirt. It's it. You know, I. I how much do they want from us? Well, they don't even have Bax and O'Brien T-shirts right well, now. Well, maybe they don't have Patriots T-shirts. No. Please, they got nothing but merchandising over there. Well, they've still got all that. Tom Brady's the greatest. <laughs> all that Gronkware yeah. just sitting in a box. <laughs> Let's laugh. Tell me. Tell me which one. It's Bax and O'Brien's joke of the day. Well, it's nice to find a fellow with a keen sense of humor. On Rock 102. Oh, my God. That is hilarious. Springfield's classic rock. A hillbilly gets married, right? Yes. And uh, on his wedding night, he calls his father for advice of what to do because... He's never been intimate with a woman before. So uh, he gets on the phone with his father, and he says, Yeah, we're in the bedroom, Pa. What do we do now? Uh, And thinking that nature will take its course, the father says, Well, take your clothes off, and then both of you should should get into the bed. And they hang up, and then five minutes later, the hillbilly calls his father back again, and he says, "Uh, She's naked now, Pa, and we're in bed. What do I do now? And uh, knowing that his son is not the brightest crayon in the box, the father says, well, did you take your clothes off too? And the son says, no. And the father says, well, take your clothes off and get back in bed with her. So uh, a few minutes later, the son calls the father back again. He says, all right, Paul, we're both naked and in bed. What do I do now? And uh, the father, who is now running out of patience, says, "Uh, son, look, do I have to spell everything out for you? Just put the hardest thing on your body where she goes to the bathroom. And uh, the son calls back about a minute later. He goes, all right, Paul, I got my head in the toilet. Now what? (laughs) You see, the hardest thing he could think of was his head, and she goes to the bathroom in the toilet. (laughs) Booyah! 632 with Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102. It's time for news. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. A vehicle accident late Tuesday night has left two people injured in Springfield. According to a statement released by the fire department, crews approached 796 Liberty Street after two vehicles crashed into each other. Two people were brought to a local hospital for minor injuries. I wonder where that could be. Which one could it be? you got so many to choose from. Hey, uh, speaking of uh, fire departments uh, and, and this... So often is the case where uh, I see a headline of a newspaper article. I don't have time to read it in the morning before the show, but I read it later in the day when I get home Uh to do all my research. Yesterday, we were talking about this big report that came out about the Worcester Fire Department. And one of the major points of the report was an issue about communications. And then we started talking about... You know, like on 9-11, how the police department couldn't communicate with the fire department because of the radio signals and and channels and things like that. When I read the report later in the afternoon, I realized they were not talking about those kinds of communications. The the report was about internal communications within the fire department. That that was what they were talking about. And what was the findings of that well the conclusion basically was is that there was not uh, there was not good communication uh going on between commanding officers and firefighters because oftentimes commanding officers who weren't even on the scene of the fire would have been giving out assignments to firefighters that they probably shouldn't have been doing that and also uh their promotional uh structure was uh was 
something that needs to be fixed. They promote people too easily or or you know too quickly. But I mean, it was an interesting report, and it's a it's a shame to see, you know, because they say that the things that weren't done after the death of the six firefighters may have been what was responsible for the deaths of two others who died separately. And that because none of these uh, uh, policies and procedures had been updated since many, many years ago, it was just, uh, it was a mess. Hmm. But the communications was about internal communication. Well, there's always the guy that uh, feels like he knows what he should have done. What he could have done. Yeah. that's uh, I believe that's Lieutenant uh, Quarterback. Lieutenant uh, Monday, Monday morning, morning Quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Or Sparky, as they like to call him well, around you know, the firehouse. Every year we got another hot shot thinks he's got yeah. a better way. Exactly. Coming in, trying to tell you how to take better routes to fires and things like that. And the next thing you know, he's jumping on the back of one of the fire trucks and steering the rear end of it. Oh, but he yes. wasn't allowed to do that. <laughs> Uh, Holyoke had seven mayoral candidates fighting for a spot on the November ballot, but it only is down to two now. Tuesday night, voters selected candidates Michael Sullivan and Joshua Garcia to be the mayoral candidates. And this is not the Michael Sullivan who was previously the mayor of Holyoke. It's a different Michael Sullivan. You know, I, this is weird. I don't know how, uh, if you guys know the same thing. I'm, I probably know like six Michael Sullivans, and they're all different. Mm-hmm. I know two Ed Sullivans. One's dead, and the other one, yeah. uh, his Close career to, is dead. Yeah, right. Say, yeah. But, did, yeah, but did you know the first Ed uh, Sullivan? No, but I used to watch every week. Sure, right. I enjoyed, uh, and, and Ed Sullivan, the mayor, also had a little puppet uh, he called Topo Gigio, <laughs> and another one he called <laughs> Will, Will Reichelt. Reichelt. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that coming a mile away. But uh, I would think if your name is Michael Sullivan and you're running for mayor, you want to do something that says, I'm not that Michael right. Sullivan. I'm, I'm my own Michael well, Sullivan. I'm Michael T. Sullivan. Right. Has, See? has, has there been a, a history of bad Michael Sullivans in the area? Because that's where you would have to worry about it. Yeah, no. right. Well, right. Yeah. If your name is Richard Levine. Yeah, and, right. uh, yeah you no, want to no, do no. yourself to separate. I, yeah. I'm not that dick. No, no, yeah. I'm a completely <laughs> different dick. Anyway, uh, Mr. Sullivan was the winner in Tuesday's election, securing 28% of the votes. Joshua Garcia came in second with 22% of the votes. I mean, you just don't want somebody voting for you because they thought you were so good the first time around. Right. Even though it's your first time running. Realize it's not you. Oh, they, I supported him for years. I'll write, I'll write him in again. They say what kind of turnout they had for this? Uh, I don't see those numbers. Yeah, because Chickabee had a, a preliminary uh, election yesterday. And uh, 1.9% of the eligible voters turned out to vote. 1.9%? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, could there be any less uh, disinterest? Uh, or any more, rather, I'm disinterest? Lo- I'm looking at these numbers. 1.9%. Now, granted, it, it was a preliminary, <laughs> and it was only for uh, wards where there were two candidates. So like I, you know like my war didn't even vote because nobody wants to run against Shane Brooks. <laughs> I don't know if my tone kind of yeah. gave yeah. me away there. No, that wasn't yeah. dismissive at all. No, no. Yeah. nobody, nobody yeah. wants to take on that lion. Exactly. Yeah. Um, nobody and, wants to poke that bear. You know. Well, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at the results in, on, on 22. So like uh, like the Chickamaw City Council Ward Five. Mm. Yeah, Fred Krampitz yeah, wins with 51% of the vote. 
95 votes is what he got. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty poor. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know what the percentage is, but it looks pretty low. Yeah, I'm sure. Real it is. low. Uh, you're talking. I'm looking maybe four thousand voters out of yeah. all the voters in Holyoke. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, when you hold it on a Tuesday, well, they're all on all day. Yeah. <laughs> um, when you hold it on a Tuesday like that, uh, all and, election and, days are Tuesdays. I know, but when you hold it like that, and you don't, there wasn't like a big. Other than the political lawn signs mm-hmm. that are just disgustingly uh, strewn all over Holyoke, mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't really like a big to-do. No. Well, that preliminary usually aren't. That's why they're called preliminaries. Yeah, but that's the easiest way to win in the preliminary. Well, uh, sometimes it can be. Sometimes you just got to get uh, you know your brother to get his ass out of bed and out of mom's basement. into the. Will you just go and vote? Well, One thing even... we've asked you to do this entire time you've been living in mom's basement off her dollar, you need to go vote for me. Well, I'm not even registered. <laughs> oh, for God's sakes. <laughs> like we're making up scenarios yeah, of as course. if they yeah. actually yeah. happened. It's all right. Uh, to some of these people. Uh, so let's see. Da, 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 da. Uh, police are searching for a suspect in Greenfield for a property crime inc- incident that happened in Gill on Tuesday afternoon, police are asking the community to not hike in the Griswold Conservation Area and to stay away from the area of Lamp Black Road. They are looking for a Caucasian man wearing a dark hoodie and carrying a backpack. According to the Greenfield Police, an active search is being conducted in the area of Bascom Road and Lamp Black Road for a person who was involved in a property crime that occurred in Gill early Tuesday. Okay, now we don't have to do it three times, and you already said that line anyway. Um, if they're not going to tell us what the property crime is, and they're not going to tell us why we shouldn't be in that area, then we're not going to help. Yes, but we know it happened on Tuesday mm. morning. <clears throat> come on. Nope. Have a little fun. Not here no, to have fun. Not that. A 34-year-old man from Alaska is accused of threatening to bomb the Mass State Police and, quote, kill every one of you after he demanded law enforcement arrest someone and they advised him to call local police. Benjamin Tarbell was arrested on September 10th before he was set to fly to Vermont, where police say he threatened the lives of several others. Tarbell was attempting to check a rifle, handgun, and two knives on his flight. Attempting to check them. He well, was actually letting them know, uh, yeah, yeah all right, two knives, okay, I got that. But I also have a rifle and a handgun. Uh, that's okay, right? As long as it's in my carry, as long as it's in my checked bags. Well, that's what I'm trying to figure out because it yeah. is legal to check firearms. Yes, and it weapons. is. Yes, it is. Um, but was that's what I'm trying to? Were they saying he was trying to do this after he did the threats? And that's what he was um, arrested for? because Well, he was arrested, according to me, he called the state police on September 1st. So, so uh, they had being days. arrested on September 10th at the airport, it is possible they might have had uh, a warrant for him, and he showed up on a list somewhere. Uh, because he did, after all, call the state police and tell told them that he was going to bomb them and kill every one of you mother effers. Mm. And when the dispatchers asked him, if he was threatening them, he said, you damn effing right I am. Yeah, but he no. also said uh, he followed with another threat saying he and, quote, 
the Green Mountain Boys of the Air National Guard would drop bombs as well. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm going uh, out on a limb here, and I'm uh, I'm sensing an attitude problem. Am I the only one feeling that? Yeah, well, he yeah. may have a little chip on his shoulder. He needs to go to charm school. That's no way to talk to a police officer. No, it is not. It's very disrespectful. Uh, I have he said he said uh, in in social media posts I have not lost my mind and I'm not proud of these decisions but they must happen for they have made too many mistakes and someone must pay in blood for these mistakes. Mm. You know when someone says I've not lost my mind there's a pretty good chance they've lost their mind. He also described himself as a marine with a license to kill and trained to kill. Someone should suspend that license. Yeah, but is the license an Alaska license to kill or a Vermont license to kill? I, I don't was- think they're interchangeable. Wasn't it the Utah one that's uh, seen that's recognized throughout the United States? I believe it is, yeah. A uh, federal investigation has found that the operator of a light rail train that struck the rear of another train in Boston area in July had turned the speed controller to full power. The NTSB's preliminary uh, report released Tuesday... Said the uh, train accelerated 31 miles per hour before colliding with the train ahead of it. The train had been moving at about 10 miles per hour. The Massachusetts Bay Transit Authority said the driver has been placed on leave and that it is moving to fire that person. Is there any explanation as to why he accelerated like that? No, but you know what? This is our opportunity to make up the story about what happened inside of that cab. Oh, there you go. So I got my uh, I got my donkeys here in my uh, my hand, and, uh, and all of a sudden, the lid comes off my latte, and I have to go reach over the thing and get it, and boom, I hit the thing, and we go, bam, right into the back of the other train. I was like, holy shiznit, what's going on around here? <laughs> That was his written statement. <laughs> that was or his no, yeah, that was, the, the, that was uh, uh, he released that uh, on Twitter. Uh, yeah. uh. That's probable, but uh, yeah. he could also have been in a big rush too. Well, but but I mean, what made him all of a sudden bounce from what did you say his previous speed had 10 been? Ten to thirty-one miles an hour. He went from ten to thirty-one. So yeah, all of a sudden now he's driving three times faster than he had been. I'm thinking maybe he had to go to the bathroom. Probably. You know, I had to poop so bad, and my uh, my cousin officer Bumbles, who was in the part of that uh, Holyoke Police Department, there, he did the same thing, but he forgot his gun. All I did was crash into a back of a train. Whoopsie, my bad. So this is Conductor Bumbles. Conductor Bumbles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Engineer Bumbles. Yeah, yeah. That is it. Is pretty strange that he he. But there there had to have been some mitigating factor in. That's what I mean. I, I'm kind of curious to hear that. But I wonder. Because they they don't release the details of the investigation yet. Right, right. So he could have done it intentionally. Yeah, well, that's that's. But he could have done it by accident too. And how long? How long does it take to get a train from ten miles an hour to thirty miles an hour? Don't even start doing math with us. No, I'm not. I'm I'm just saying. I would imagine that's that's acceleration. Yeah, I would imagine it takes a good distance of time to get a train to move from ten to thirty miles an hour. Not like you're driving a Mustang. A paranoid schizophrenic uh, train engineer leaves Boston Station at 9.30 a.m. Well, you're also assuming he's paranoid <laughs> schizophrenic. Well, I'm just saying that, you know, whatever. A uh, 44-year-old uh, thief in Germany broke into a kindergarten classroom back in April and stole a strange assortment of things, including a laptop, picture books, cups and glasses, some fish sticks, and pasta. Fish sticks? Fish sticks. Where did he get fish sticks? Uh, they just pick them right up out of the uh, refrigerator. They're right out of the box. 
Uh, he took a smart speaker uh, for playing children's stories, and that was his downfall. A month or so after the break-in, he downloaded new stories onto that device, and oh, it boy. revealed his location to the manufacturers, who then passed it along to police. Ah, oh, boy. It's incredible that the speaker did him in and not the laptop. Yeah. You know, because well. the laptop usually has the GPS on it. The man is now in custody and is facing charges, although the specifics have not been released. The smart speaker has been returned to the classroom, and it sounds like the kids are thrilled to have it back. Actually, it doesn't surprise me. It doesn't sound like they got their pasta and fish sticks back. No, then. well, you know, when you lose fish sticks, they're gone. But um, it doesn't surprise me that the, uh, the uh, what was it? The, smart speaker. The smart speaker, yeah. I mean, I could see those uh, Alexas designed to, like, scream out. Help, help, or something, you know, something like that. I've been kidnapped. That doesn't surprise me. Who is this uh, Alexandra? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's the thing about, like, we can't say those words and on yet, this show. Which there ones? are commercials that say it. Yes, there are, and there are people who call and complain mm -hmm. saying, hey, your commercial tripped my radio. Yeah, yeah like, yeah. like uh, it'd probably be really irresponsible to say... Hey, Alexa, turn up the volume. Yeah. So irresponsible that someone you would think wouldn't be stupid enough to do that. Yeah, well, thank God there's nobody here dumb enough to say that. Yeah, like if you said, hey, Alexa, turn my lights off in my living room. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Because you got a lot of people with their things attached to yeah. Mine is, yeah. and, and, and the little bitch usually responds to me. Bitch. <laughs> well, I, I tell you, man, I read a story a couple of weeks ago that said... She is going to start being able to recognize attitude yeah. in your voice. Well, with that attitude, she's probably going to say, turn your own damn yeah. lights on. Yeah, because when she does, when I say to do something seemingly simple, and she's like, I'm sorry, I don't understand that command. Then the next time I'm like, all right, bitch, this is what I want. And, uh, and, and you know, she just, it's sometimes I have a light in my living room. And you have to specify what room the light is, because I also have those kinds of lights in my bedroom. And you have to specify, uh, Alexa, turn off the light in the living room. And sometimes I get this, I'm sorry, I don't, un I don't understand which light you mean. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I just told you which light I meant. You know, only you would be misogynistic towards an artificial, intelligent <laughs> thing. This, this is a man, yeah. this this is a man who wants to have sex with robots, Steve. Right. It's not misogyny. I mean, I would be just as angry with a male-voiced uh, appliance. And, you know, you were talking about the, those uh, robots earlier. Yeah. I saw a, uh, a video of a, a dentist robot. A dentist robot? Yeah. They, there are certain dental schools now that have these robots that are they look like human beings they're heads they're heads and they're and they're the the dentist put their you know tools into the mouth and the thing actually reacts to pain like if you touched a nerve wrong or you didn't uh do the novocaine beforehand mm. the thing will start screaming well they had this malfunctioning one and it was freaking out man it was like uh, remember total recall where uh where Arnold Schwarzenegger throws that robot head. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then uh, it says something like, uh, in for a surprise, and then the thing blows up and kills everybody inside the terminal. Yep. That's yep. exactly what this head looked like. Really? It looked like, if, you know, it looked like it was going to explode. A robot dentist. It's not a robot dentist. It's a robot patient. 
Oh, the robot patient. Oh, I thought you, I, yes. I thought you were saying robot dentist. That's what I thought. No, it's, it's for them to practice on so they can put oh, the, uh, the tools in their mouths and all that. Ah. That's, that's, that's different. And the robot experiences pain and lets the uh, dentist know it's, it, it hurt him. Yes. Well, so did operation. Yeah, but there was no oral uh, no, but I mean, surgery and operation. If you touch the sides uh, with the prongs, uh, it would, it would, that light would go off. You know that doesn't actually happen in real surgery. If you How remove, do you some, know? if you remove someone's bread basket, I've seen things on like uh, on on television. If you remove someone's uh, bread basket or funny bone, the light, the nose does not light up. I'm not sure of that. Isn't the bread basket uh, term for you know the fruit pouch? I don't know. <laughs> no, I, 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 I think know. It's, I, I think it's slightly above that. Like the bread basket, like you have the uh, you get the bread stick and the right, uh, and the yes. basket to go mm-hmm. with it. Right. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today, it is going to be cloudy with rain showers and a high of 76. Tomorrow, more rain with a high of 78. It's 65 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Ah, yeah. September means fall in New England. Football, pumpkin spice flavored foods, and golf. We have brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, Benjamin Moore Paint, Cabot Stains, plus rock solid painting advice and expertise. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, if there's one thing I've learned in business, it is this. In order to negotiate contractual provisions, you need something known as leverage. Leverage is what gives you credibility. Leverage is the juice that gives you the superhuman strength to make demands. Without leverage, you have no juice. You have no superhuman strength. Thus, you lack the credibility to achieve the things that you are hoping to get. For example, yesterday the Philadelphia 76ers apparently learned that all-star forward Ben Simmons has chosen to skip training camp next week. He's also vowed to never play another game in a Sixers uniform ever again, and he is demanding a trade. Here's the problem with all of that. Ben Simmons has four years remaining on a $147 million Supermax contract. He's scheduled to make $33 million this season. Here's the real problem. Ben Simmons sucks. He especially sucked during last year's playoff uh, series against the Atlanta Hawks, where he failed to take a single shot in the fourth quarter during the first five games of the series. Not make a shot. He refused to take a shot. Taking shots is the first step towards scoring points, which, as you might know, is of key value when you're paying a guy $147 million on a five-year contract. He missed 10 free throws during Game 4. He contributed to the Sixers blowing a 26-point lead in Game 5. There are so many problems with Ben Simmons' desire to participate that you have to wonder a few things, such as, who the hell does this guy think he is? And what gives him the right to make demands? He's one year into a big, fat contract, and he sucks. And now he wants to throw his weight around? Listen, dude, I don't know how to tell you this, but if you're going to play like garbage in a crucial playoff situation in which it seems like you intentionally did nothing to benefit your team when they needed you the most, then who are you to start calling the shots? Seems to me that's your leverage and credibility went out the window the moment you decided not to take those shots. In other words, while while they might be better off without the guy, that decision should be coming from the team, not from the guy who's making $147 million to suck. But hey, enough of my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. 
I see you next summer with a very healthy lawn because you're going to go to Rockies this week for Scott's Winter Guard Turf Builder. Only 20 bucks with your Ace Rewards card. Covers 5,000 square feet. How many bags you going to need? Get them now at your neighborhood Rockies Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the Classic Rock at 710 and Tom Petty on Rock 102. Chance of showers today, uh, highs in the upper 70s. Tomorrow, pretty much the same thing. It is uh, 65 in downtown Springfield. So I'm, I'm not going to say I'm, I certainly wouldn't say I'm wishy-washy, but I, I will say that uh, my opinions, uh, my beliefs are are things that I don't often feel I need the need to uh, defend so staunchly Mm -hmm. that I'm willing to get into it with anybody, whether that means verbally or physically or what have you. Uh, The other night, the first time this has ever happened, and I've talked about how you know, we've talked about how none of us has really seen these these stories you see on the news at night of people just making complete spectacles of themselves because of their beliefs out in public, and somebody obviously catches it on a phone with a camera. Um, I'm at a place, I don't want to say where, because I don't want to embarrass anybody, but... What's it rhyme with? Somebody uh, follows me. You know, when I go somewhere and uh, then I go to a place within the place that I'm at where I clearly want to be alone. Uh-huh. Uh, and then people follow you and because they want to talk to you. They recognize you, and they're like, oh, uh, I, I get some food, and then I go back to my bike, which is, you know, way out in the parking lot, away from this event, and uh, and this guy follows me, and he, and he starts in on, uh, hey, how come I never hear you guys talk about, uh, you know, the – the virus and how fake it is. And uh, and then he starts spouting off the names of these doctors, you know, that you only hear about on Fox. And, uh, you know, and he's, and he's clearly of the opinion probably that, you know, the election was stolen mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, the virus is fake or what have you. And I just I just don't engage him. I mean, I, I just sit there and I listen and I'm and meanwhile I'm eating, you know, right in front of him to hope that he gets the message and he'll just eventually stop and walk away, which took a while for him to finally do. But, you know, people that feel so strongly about things uh, uh, amaze me sometimes that they're willing to conduct behavior and again, with all the people out there that have phones with video cameras in their hands, right? There's a story last night on NBC News again about uh, people on airplanes that are creating issues where the plane either has to turn around or somebody's going to get arrested as soon as it lands because there's some kind of an incident that occurs in the flight. And what Tom Costello, the reporter, was saying is that the the FAA. There's 4,400 reports of bad behavior so far this year on planes. And because of that, the FAA is, and a lot of it is about mask mandates. A lot of it is because a flight attendant tells somebody to put their mask on. And again, the person feels so staunchly against masks, they're willing to conduct themselves in a behavior that's criminal enough to possibly get them arrested when the plane lands. But the FAA is telling the airlines you have uh, until next week to come up with concrete ideas of how to stop this. Now, in the report, Tom Costello says sometimes alcohol's involved. 
See, I'd, I would want, if I were the CEO of an airline, I'd want to have some hard numbers. How many times is alcohol involved? And then when you have that number, how many drinks was the person given on the plane? Because to me, this isn't an airline problem. It's an airport problem. And, and, and there's a big difference because the airlines are not responsible for anything other than their terminal or their waiting area. Right. But if, they're, but if they're serving somebody that's clearly inebriated, then they do share some you know, responsibility. But, I mean, you know, anytime you, what I want to know is how many times are these things really happening? Well, because 4,400 so far just this year. All right. Well, uh, okay. Well, that answers the question. Yeah. I mean, because you, you <laughs> there's 4,400 flights every hour you right. know, you know, around the right. world. So, proportionally speaking, it sounds like a lot. It may not be a lot. I find that when I'm out or traveling or doing anything, I just want peace in my life. Mm-hmm. Even if I don't agree with you, is it really worth my time to state my belief system no. and, imp- and and try to project it onto everybody else. In That's most, what this is for. In most situations, I have to say no. I mean, if, if you're a if you're a dude and you're out in public, not wearing a mask, and you know intentionally coughing on people, like that lady that was at a grocery store a couple of weeks ago, who wound up getting fired from her job, not at a grocery store, but somewhere else, and the video goes viral. Um, I'm probably not going to be the guy to confront you. I'm going to let that fall into the hands of somebody else. I just don't feel like that kind of confrontation. I may think you're an a-hole. I may, I may criticize you uh, to myself, but it remains to myself. And people over the last couple of years have uh, taken the ability to uh, suppress that inside voice mm. and blown it up so that inside voice becomes their primary outside voice. And I find those people to almost be intolerable, regardless of what your belief system might be. Even I'm, even if your belief system, uh, you know, is is similar to my own. I was uh, I can remember in, in one of the earliest years uh, after I was diagnosed with cancer, and it was when I was taking interferon, which is the one treatment of all the ones that I've taken so far that really had negative side effects, that really made me sick sometimes. And uh, I remember one day I was somewhere uh, getting the tires on my car changed. And I, and I had said, you know, it was a Saturday and I was going to be like 32nd in line because everybody wants their tires changed, uh, you know, in, in the fall on a Saturday morning. So I, I, you know, I told the guy who uh, owned the place, I said, look, I'm going to go sit in the car and wait for my turn rather than sit here in the, in the waiting room, waiting area uh, amongst all these people because I don't want to be bothered. I felt horrible that morning. The guy said, all right, yeah, I understand. Go ahead. Go sit in the car. Somebody who recognizes me uh, follows me out to my car. And even as I say something about not feeling well, uh, they keep talking and, hmm. and I get into the car and I really didn't want to lower the window because at this point I was willing to be as rude as necessary, but yet I wasn't. So I put the window down and the guy just kept going and going for the longest time. And finally he finished and he walked away. And then, uh, probably about an hour later, it was my turn to, to get my tires changed. So I had to go inside into the waiting area. 
And I'm sitting there for like 30 seconds, and all of a sudden the guy next to me recognized me and starts talking to me. And I'm like, oh, for the love of Pete, is this ever going to end? <laughs> and I don't even look up. I don't even look up to acknowledge mm. this guy next to me. And uh, he's talking and talking. It's probably three, four minutes of conversation. And finally I look up, and I felt horrible. It was, uh, it was Jim Nieswanger, uh, the former Holyoke police chief, who was sitting there getting the tires changed on his car that morning. Hold it, hold on a second. Yeah. You had to look up at Jim Neeswanger? Yeah. Oh, well, we were, were seated. Were you lying on the we, floor? We were seated. Yeah, uh, yeah we were seated. It's, the- it's Neeswanger, by the way. Ain't yeah, that okay. the truth. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and, and I apologize. I said, Jim, I'm sorry. I didn't recognize your voice. And, you know, I told him the whole story about being followed out to the parking lot. And he said, oh, no, 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 don't worry about it. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, people think they're going to get their own personal show from us. You should say, uh, Jim, I'm... Uh, is that what his name is? Jim. Yeah, Jim. Jim. Uh, yeah. Uh, Jim, I'm sorry. I mistook you for one of these uh, slugs of a listener that no. keeps me employed every day, yeah. as opposed to you, whose ass uh, I would kiss on a regular basis. Yeah, Thank see, you very now much. You, you just put a, you just put a too big of a boat out you know, there. I, I get what you're saying. I, I've told you this story before. Years ago, when my kids were little, I was in a Walmart... In Westfield, and 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 Buddy starts having a meltdown, like a full-on meltdown, because I wouldn't buy her candy. So I took her out, on, like under my arm, mm-hmm. out to the parking lot. Her kicking and screaming, and some guy, as I'm out in the parking lot, recognizes me and. St- tries to start this conversation and i'm like buddy do you see what's going on <laughs> i'm here? dealing Wait, with a cr- child's name was buddy yeah, yeah. no I'm, yeah. I'm dealing with a crisis here and now <laughs> I, you want to have a chit chat yeah i am dealing with a crisis and and it's to the point where the guy follows me all the way to the car with this kicking and screaming child and a child who doesn't even want to put this car seat on, you know, <laughs> unbuckling the buckle of the car seat every time I put her in it. And he's like, is John O'Brien really a jerk in real life? And I'm like, no, but you are. You should have you said, dude, I'm trying to kidnap this kid. Yeah, Would yeah. you please get out of the I'm way? in the middle of Listen. an abduction. Can't you see what's going you on? Want, you want to do me a favor? Yeah. I drop some chloroform and rags over yeah. on the other side of the parking lot. <laughs> Go get them for me, will you? And help me shut up this Lindbergh kid. <laughs> It's just people, I mean, people are rude. I mean, people you're, you're, you're right. People, I think when people see us out, they have this expectation that we're going to be putting on a show. But most people that uh, spend any time with me, after, once I'm off the air, they'll say, man, you're awful quiet. I'm like, well, you know, I, I, know. Just, I, just, uh, I just spent four and a half hours burning every ounce of energy I have yeah. on, a, on a long conversation with the same guy day after day for, for 26, 26 years. years. Do yeah. you think I've got energy enough to entertain the likes yeah. of you? Yeah, I have all the time. People come up to me and they're like, Oh, man, I can't believe what a nice guy you are. And you're so giving. Look at this. My God, you are charitable and friendly. No, nobody said no that. No one has ever said no, that. No, nobody's actually ever said that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, uh, it, is, it is true. Listen, that- I, I don't mind people approaching me. That's no. Not, no. That's, not a, that's not an issue. It's no. when you can't read a social cue and you can't right. tell that. I'm a little too busy to be talking to you right now. Right. Well, in your in your case with that story with your with your daughter having a meltdown. Yeah. I mean, it's the biggest social cue there is. Yeah. You're de- exactly. You're dealing with something that requires your full attention. That conversation with this random stranger coming up to you while you're dealing with this problem 
you can't divide your kind of attention if your kid's having a meltdown. On yeah. the other hand, once again, as a parent, you have an advantage. You know, for me, if I had a kid with me and I wanted somebody to, to leave me alone and not bother me, I'd like, you know, very uh, very quietly I would pinch the kid. Yeah. You know, do something that would make the kid start crying. Yeah, you have to rely on your distasteful personality. Yeah. Steve can at least yeah. rely on his kids. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just saw a TMZ video of uh, Kanye West be, being greeted by the paparazzi at 4 a.m. at his home, <laughs> and he and and as much as I'm not a big fan, of, I'm not a fan of Kanye at all. Mm-hmm. But I still agree with him. Going, he's like, it's 4 a.m. Well, but wait a minute, was he in the house or was he coming home from somewhere? He was coming out of his house at 4 a.m. to go somewhere. Oh well, but, they but must they're have known. In, but they're in his driveway, mm. and they're like, and they're like, "Hey, Kanye, good morning." And he's like, "Good morning." It's four a.m. And a... he's getting all pissed <laughs> off, and I can kind of see where he's coming from. It's like, okay, it's four o'clock in the morning. Guy's just getting out of his house. Can't you catch him any number of other places? For I a forgot photo? what I was watching the other day. I was watching something on TV, and it was a dramatization. It wasn't real, but I thought to myself, why doesn't that happen more often in real life? Same thing. The paparazzi was in the driveway of someone's home and and trying to, you know, get them to just say something or react some way so they could get a picture of it. And the mother came out of the house and grabbed the garden hose and turned it on and just started spraying the entire group of the paparazzi. (laughs) And I'm like, that's perfect. I can't believe I've never seen somebody do that. (laughs) You remember a few years ago the, uh, the singer Bjork? You know, oh, from, yeah, from sure. Iceland. Yeah. She's in an airport and some, and I don't even know where it is. It may have been like a, in Japan or something like that, but some reporter comes up to her and just starts badgering her with questions. Now she's trying to get to a flight. She's not interested in, in, in doing an interview. And at some point she hauls off and punches this oh, uh, reporter right in the suck. That's wrong. And then on like Inside Edition and all these TV shows, like, can you believe she went absolutely crazy on this woman? And there's a part of me saying, you know what? Good for her for not putting up mm. with the with the constant harassment of the paparazzi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but sometimes that's exactly what they're looking for. They're just yeah, looking for that kind of reaction. But I don't think that was the case in this situation. I think she was she just had enough. She's fallen around all over the place. She's a little quirky to begin with. All the more reason the paparazzi's following her around. And she's just had enough. Yeah. Enough is enough. If I'm Kanye West, I'm coming out of my house and I'm gonna start screaming at the top of my at the top of my lungs to get off my front yard. Well, I'd probably look out the window before I open the door. I, I might do that, too. I, I was behind a woman in a McDonald's drive-thru years ago who was yelling at her significant other, like really yelling, laying into him. And yeah. the windows are open, and, you know, she's like, and then you don't do this, and you don't do that. And she's giving them a riot act. And then she looks in her side mirror on her, uh, on mm-hmm. her driver's side, mm-hmm. and she sees me looking, and she goes, and what's the effing paparazzi back here want? Effing <laughs> paparazzi? Yeah, That's like you. I was. You I was. You were paparazzi? Well, because I was. I wasn't filming, but I was. You were, like, you were gawking was... at the uh, at the situation. Well, because I like watching arguments between mm. people. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, kind of especially ones when uh, when a partner is putting another partner down. Yeah, just as long oh, as well. it's not directed towards you. That's right. It's uh, 725 with Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102. You don't need any more worries. Check your auto insurance policy. Full coverage often means the minimum amount required by law, which is not the same as what's needed to protect you and your family. This is important. Check your policy today. 
And if you are ever in an accident, Springfield's accident specialists are Chernick and Chernick Law. Michael Chernick has more than 30 years working with juries, over 3,500 personal injury cases. If you are hurt in an accident, remember Chernick and Chernick Law at ChernickLawFirm.com. 37 years of exceptionally built sheds and garages. Whether you need a garage for your car or a shed for the tractor, the Barnyard has you covered with a wide selection of sheds, garages, barns, and pavilions at the biggest sale of the year. Visit the Barnyard in Ellington at the Big E or thebarnyardstore.com for the largest inventory in New England, plus 0% financing. The Barnyard, builders of quality in Ellington at the Big E and thebarnyardstore.com. The Thomas J. O'Connor Adoption Center presents the Paws Are Craft Fair Saturday, September 25th at the TJO on Cottage Street in Springfield. This outdoor event features vendors, raffles, music, food, and more. You can make a difference for the rescue animals at the TJO. The 2021 Paws Are Craft Fair at the Thomas J. O'Connor Adoption Center, 627 Cottage Street, Springfield, Saturday, September 25th from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. 100% of the proceeds benefit the rescue animals at the TJO. It's 727 with Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102. You know, if you ever miss the Bax and O'Brien show and you don't really feel like trying to uh, corner us in a social setting, you know, in, in public, always check out the Bax and O'Brien uh, uh, podcast. It's available on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Spotify, and also on BaxandO'Brien.com. And Baxi's musical podcast this week, my guest, Joe Keithley of the band DOA. In fact, I just put up a Spotify playlist of every episode of the podcast. You can check that out. Uh, yes, all easy, uh, carefully compiled. What will they think of next? Uh, it's Bax and O'Brien's daily podcast in Rock 102. Well, you know, uh, actually, I saw this this morning. and this, this, might actually, this might finally be the thing that does it. For all the people who are upset about the tech behemoths out there, you know, the the Facebooks and the Apple and and uh, the Googles and things like that, Amazon announced yesterday that they will begin to lobby the federal government to reschedule marijuana and and tax it and make it federally legal. I mean, you, you can say all you want about each state doing its own part to make the stuff legal, but again... Until the federal government allows it, uh, you know, they're not going to be able to advertise on radio and TV. Uh, they're not going to be able to, uh, to, you know, use it the way they, they should and can if the federal government, first of all, reschedules it so it's not a Schedule One drug. And, uh, and, then all of a, and then, you know, the banks can get involved and charge cards can be used. I'm still trying to figure out when I go to the dispensary. I went again the other day. So I bought an item for uh, $18. It was some of that seltzer. And you can only use a, a debit card. And I used the debit card, and I think they have to run every purchase up to the nearest $10 denomination. So I bought something for 18 bucks. They charged me $20 on the ATM card. And then they give me $2 of cash back. Um, and part of that is because of the banking issues and the credit card companies. And if Amazon <clears throat> begins lobbying the federal government, that that could be now how we finally get something done. Well, this this holdout, considering, you know, the enormity of this of this new industry is just nonsense. Mm -hmm. You know, at this point, it's like, OK, you got enough states that are getting involved 
in at least the medical marijuana uh, you know, side of this thing, and many are doing the recreational stuff. You know, it's a legitimate business in many states. It's it's you know, holding back and trying to claim that uh, it it should be an illegal. Or, or that's you know still illegal federally. It's nonsense. Well, the other one of the other reasons, and again, good for Amazon, because there's a lot of other companies doing the same thing. They are continuing to do pre-employment testing for cannabis, and they are eliminating applicants because someone may have smoked marijuana six days ago and still has it in their system. If the federal government uh, recognizes the legality of marijuana. Then, like alcohol, uh, it can become something that they don't test for unless they suspect its use. You don't just blanketly te- uh, test all your applicants right. and then start removing them once the federal government recognizes the legality of marijuana. Yeah, I mean, if it's affecting your productivity at work, that's one thing. Right. But if you're, re- pre- you know, if you're preventing someone from, an, to, from gaining employment simply because they may have used it over the last 30 days— yeah. That's you know that's that's simply not fair. You would never test uh, for alcohol or or you know anything else for that matter. And Amazon is the country's second largest employer, has become the largest company to explicitly advocate for marijuana legalization, and has one of the more progressive policies on employee cannabis use. You know, I mean, I th- I think it's inevitable. I think it is going to happen. But the fact that it hasn't happened already, mm-hmm. or there hasn't been a whole lot of like you know serious discussion. In Congress about this seems stupid. It's yeah. like you know this is this is something that you know, could change the tide of our own economy. You know it, it's it's that big of a business. Yeah. You know much like you know the beverage industry is. It's a big sector of our economy, and it's it. We're at the point now where you know enough is enough. The stigma really isn't there to the degree that it used to be. It's time to just accept what it is and move on. Yep. That's it. So that we can sit here and get high during the show. No, I mean, I'm not going to get high. I mean, it, you know, to me, like I, I told you before, it doesn't do a whole hell of a lot for me. But it, at the at the very least, I can acknowledge the fact that it's an important part of a potential economy. There's an economy running, and it's still not allowed in banks and given the legitimacy that it deserves. All right. It's 732. News is next to Rock 102. Rock Seven thirty-six with Bax and O'Brien at Rock One Hundred Two. It's time for news. Brought to you by Yankee Home Improvement. This month, receive sixty percent off installation with no money down, no payments, and no interest for a full year. Visit YankeeHomeImprovement.com and always use the keyword Rock One Hundred Two. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. Four arrest warrants have been issued in connection with the 2020 murder in Springfield. Officers responded to College Street on April seventeenth of twenty twenty around seven p.m. for a shot spotter activation. When they arrived, they found three victims, including Chandler Stevenson, who died of his injuries. Springfield Police Spokesman Ryan Wall said that on Monday, warrants were issued for 25-year-old Austin Garcia, 23-year-old Jeremy Garcia, 22-year-old Nathan Mercado, and 30-year-old Justin Garcia on murder and other charges. All uh, four suspects were arrested in June on firearms and drug-related charges. They are currently in custody at the Hamden County Correctional Center and will face arraignments on the new charges. Uh, and he's a small business in East Longmeadow is asking for help identifying a suspect who was caught on surveillance cameras vandalizing the shop. Frank's Auto Service has been in uh, East Longmeadow for over 50 years. This is from uh, Western Mass News. They made it a little dramatic. Where okay. Where is it? Uh, you know, uh, Frank's is up by, um, is it North Main Street or something? I think it's North Main Street. Yeah. yeah. 
up uh, north of uh, Westwood or uh, towards Springfield? Yeah. Towards Springfield. Yeah. Uh, anyway, in surveillance video obtained by Western Mass News, uh, it was given to them. Yes. Well, you know, they did obtain it. Uh, they show, and now the story just... Okay. All right. Sorry about that. All right. I had a whole story for you, and now it's gone. Gone. Someone stole that, too? Uh, yeah, they did. Oh, Matter of fact, of I pictures. just gave it to them. I just you, gave you, it to you, them. They obtained yeah. your story. They obtained my story. <laughs> yeah. Actually, you can see, around 1 a.m. last Monday, you can see the suspect in a gray sweatshirt and a hat using a metal bar to smash through the glass at the windows of the shop. You can see the suspect repeatedly striking the window and the glass shattering to the floor. Son of a bitch. I'm Nothing kidding. was taken, but, uh, you know, it's still vandalism. Of course. still looking for the thing. I wonder if uh, the suspects went, Hook smash! Probably not. Well, if you're not going to steal anything, <laughs> at least make it fun. Uh, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, so there's, there's just some vandals that probably do the Hulk smash. Hey, uh, here's an update on that Gill story, because I know you were dying to Oh, uh, yeah. I always am. A person of interest uh, has been arrested in connection with an alleged property crime in the town of Gill. Police say the incident began when the suspect allegedly stole a box truck. In southern Franklin County, Tuesday morning, and crashed it in Gill. The suspect then took off on foot, triggering a manhunt, which involved six different police agencies, various canine units, and the state police helicopter. The suspect was eventually captured. A police helicopter? A police helicopter. I don't need one of those. Yeah. Uh, late in the day near Ho Shop Road in Gill. Ho Shop? Ho Shop! Am I up there shopping for hoes? Yeah, <laughs> I know where your mama is on Ho Shop Road. Yeah, and she's a bargain basement. Uh, <laughs> I would like to exchange this hoe for a better one. So I know you were dying. Do to you know have this. the receipt? No. No. Sorry. Uh, Holyoke had seven mayoral candidates fighting for a spot on the November ballot Tuesday night. Uh, voters elected candidates uh, Michael Sullivan and Joshua Garcia to be the mayoral candidates. Both candidates said they are eager for the general election and want to get to work right away. Now, the guy, uh, Murphy, right? Yeah. Is it Murphy or O'Brien? Oh, Murphy. <laughs> Murphy is uh, is the acting mayor, and he he wasn't even running for the job, right? He didn't want the job. Full well, time. he didn't want the job to begin right, with. Right, right. That's what it was. Yeah, he right. was when uh, when Alex Morris left. He was the next in line. He's like, I don't want that job. I don't want this. Yeah. And they yeah. forced him to take it against his will. The fact he did a halfway decent Which, job, uh, you know, gives you some credit to the guy, but he didn't want that job. Which is just what you want. You want your you want your city or town run by somebody yeah. who's doing it out of spite. You're batting cleanup for Alex Morse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a messy job. Yeah, I, I bet it imagine. is. Yeah. Uh, who would have thought that a white Irish guy would be the front runner in the mayoral race in Holyoke? Thought I'd never live to see the day. Yeah, you know, we were uh, talking about the, you know, Michael Sullivan and how many there's so many Michael Sullivans and I said if there was a bad Michael Sullivan in the area that's the one that's when you would want to change your name mm-hmm. but I mean you're just Michael Sullivan you're Mike Sullivan and it's a name recognition you know see that's the yeah. thing you wonder how many people are confused whether this Mike Sullivan is the last Mike Sullivan well uh, most Mur- Mike Sullivans that I know are pretty decent people Eddie Murphy did it in uh, the distinguished gentleman when he changed his name to Jeff Johnson because the guy, Jeff Johnson, had died, mm-hmm. so he just used his name to accelerate, uh, jumpstart his career. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, look at the actor, uh, Michael, what's the middle, na- middle initial? Jordan? 
Michael B. Jordan, I think? Yeah, right. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, because he didn't want everybody, especially when the one you're named after is still alive. Yes. Yes. That's the one. uh, Yeah. I mean, it's one thing to be named after someone who's dead. I went to grade school with a kid named Michael Jackson. That poor bastard had to live with that for the rest of his life. That's a there's a lot of those. I know Michael Jackson. Yeah, I just feel I feel horrible for someone like that because you know you're always hearing oh Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. I once went to a podiatrist named Mengele. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Pretty embarrassing. Hey, uh, <laughs> attendance broke another record yesterday at the Big E where Rhode Island Day was happening, and Whoa. and and. Attendance was up 6% from 2019. Probably higher than the population of Rhode Island. I was going to say, isn't uh, Rhode Island just yeah. like have six people in yeah. it? No, Rhode Island's a little bit more populated. Uh, I wonder if they're going to be touting these numbers, though, if like it becomes some sort of super spreader event. Oh, I think you're going to stop hearing about that right away. That's what I mean. I was like, mm-hmm. you know, if something, uh, I don't want well, anything to happen. I'm just saying, if something were to develop from this, uh, would we be saying, hey, we broke the record? Yeah, I don't think we'd learn that it was a super spreader event though until after it's over anyway. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, though. like you yeah. couldn't you couldn't be touting those numbers Afterwards. in the future, right? Yeah, right. Hey, uh, yeah. Listen, uh, thousand people got sick from COVID at the uh, Big E, but our attendance numbers were out of yeah. this world. <laughs> but a thousand people out of one point two million <laughs> is like a drop in a well, a drop in a grave. Although, uh, yeah, it's like, I went to the Big E, I got a slap chopper, a sham wow, and COVID. Yeah, not bad. And the COVID was free. Although, uh, tomorrow. <laughs> Although, no, you're paying for it. Governor Charlie Baker, Lieutenant uh, Governor Karen Polito, uh, friends, family, and the Big E will honor the late Andy Yee, uh, unveiling a plaque in his honor near the worst house attraction he'd established at the Eastern States Exposition. Also on hand will be Eugene Cassidy, president and CEO of the Eastern States, and Hamden County uh, Sheriff Nick Kochi and the department's honor guard. There will be a procession from the Brooks administration building at 1045 a.m. and the plaque unveiling at the Worst House. Yeah, that's cool. That's, yeah, that's very nice. Yeah, Yee died in May after a recurrence of cancer. He was 59, just a week short of his 60th birthday. And uh, it does go on to say uh, really nice things about you know mm-hmm. his history. We know, what and and Charlie Charlie Baker has long counted Yee as a friend, seeking him out on visits to the Pioneer Valley, yeah. uh, eulogizing him on Facebook. Um, I hope he shows up at my funeral. You know, I, Charlie. Yeah, yeah. Well, does he consider you to be the same kind of friend he was to Andy? I, I don't. Probably not the same kind of friend. No. Um, uh, I mean, Andy probably you know gave him a free meal. What yeah, what did but, you give the governor? But what level of friendship does one need to be a funeral friend or a funeral? Well, for I mean, a friend? that's hard to say, you know, because there are some people who will go to the funeral of a complete stranger. Yeah, you know, I mean, and they just do well, it because they're they're addicted to loss. They're they're also, I mean, you know, people I think go to wakes more for the family of the deceased than for the deceased. That song, Funeral for a Friend, sucks, by the way. Hey, I was just listening to that the other day on my bike. That's yeah. 11 minutes. Was, uh, I know. It days. took me from the Yard Tavern in South Hadley all the way to the Skinner House up on top. of. I didn't go. I mean, I was parallel to the Skinner House on Route yeah. 47. Are, are you including Love Lies Bleeding? Yep. yep. Really? Both of them. Yeah. Jeez. Did you drive all the way up to the top of the Skinner no, House? No, I said I didn't. I was parallel to it on Route 47. Ah. I wasn't going up to the Skinner House. Oh, you should have went up there. It's no, a beautiful I, view this I've time. I've been there. Yeah, I, I just don't want to go up there alone. It's not a 
I wasn't uh, desperate or something. Well, that's not really a desolate place. There's plenty of people. Yeah, I know. There. That's the other problem. Right, oh, yeah, people. there's too many people. Yeah. That's, for your, <laughs> that's, for your comfort that's really the issue. Uh, I didn't know. There was a, restaurants that I didn't even know the Yee family owned. Like, I've been driving by that halfway house up there in South Hadley. It's right, near the, it's right near the high school. Oh, okay. Yeah. You on that one, too? And I was like, that looks like one of those older... I don't know, like those older lounges from mm-hmm. the 70s. Right. See, I think a halfway house, I'm thinking like a like a pre-release type of yeah, thing. Yeah, I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's a bar called the Halfway House, and it's owned by hmm. the Yee family, and it's uh, right near the uh, right near South Hadley High School. How do you like that? And uh, I've, been, I've always been tempted to go in there, but I just never have the time. That's the way I am with Jiggies. You, you've been to Jiggies. No, right? I haven't. Ever? I've never walked in the door of Jiggies. No. Really? Mm-mm. After all the, the years of, uh, of uh, you know, remarking occasionally about Not the place? Not only that, after all the years of living in Enfield. Well, it's like the elbow. Remember the elbow in Agawam? I've been there. We used to make fun of the elbow all the time. And then we were finally invited to go inside to the elbow. And you yeah. know, we're thinking, boy, we're going to get rolled on this one. And was it, in fact, elbow room only? It was. It yeah. was elbow to elbow. But they were very, very happy to have yeah. us there. Oh, and, and I've been invited to Jiggy's. I just haven't gotten around to it. You know, most of those little bars are the best ones. You know, like as far as uh, people welcoming other people. Yeah, I know. There's right. uh, the Colonial in uh, in Chicopee. It's yeah. on, I always forget if it's Chicopee Street or Meadow Street because they both run parallel. I think it's on Chicopee Street. That's another one of those yeah. places that looks antiquated. You yeah, know, like, uh, looks tiny. You drive right by it if you didn't know it was there. And yet you go in there, everybody knows your name. Well, how do you know it's there? Well, just assume. Uh, okay. <laughs> Healthcare workers are exhausted and angry. Some of Idaho's coronavirus vaccines are expiring because they've sat unused for so long, and coronavirus case numbers and deaths continue to climb, putting the state among the worst in the nation for the rate of new COVID-19 diagnosis. Uh, Idaho's public health leaders painted a grim picture again during a weekly briefing on the pandemic Tuesday. Idaho Department of Health and Welfare Director Dave Lepson says the state continues to set record highs with 686 hospitalized patients as of September 18th. He said those numbers are expected to continue to climb, and he urged residents to get vaccinated. I saw a great shirt yesterday that said, God bless America, except Idaho. F. Idaho. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they they did this story last night on NBC News, and they were showing it's like a hospital right on the... I forget if it was right on the Washington line or the South Dakota line, but you know it was it was the the I thought they said the state itself was okay, but the problem is is that the 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 hospital services so many people from the bordering state that because those people are anti-vaxxers, it 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 bleeds over. Obviously, you know lots of those people are being hospitalized. And they're being hospitalized across state lines in this other hospital. So it's a, uh, I just, you know, I, I don't, I don't get these people. I really don't. I don't get it either. Yeah. You know, there I'm seeing lots of people on social media who have it, who have COVID and said, gee, I really wish I had gotten the, uh, the vaccine, but I was afraid. Well, yeah. What are you going to do? How afraid, how scared are you now? They're well, pretty afraid. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today, which is brought to you by Fogbuster Nitro Cold Brew Coffee. It's going to be uh, cloudy today and rain. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 756. 
and Foreigner on Rock 102. You know, there are uh, not only people who should be working from home, but actually still are uh, working from home. And one of the things that uh, has them worried about going back to the office is poo paranoia. Ha, you know, uh, I know people that have it. Yeah. Like they just cannot, for whatever reason, uh, use a public toilet. After enjoying the freedoms that come with working from home, including being able to poo peacefully in the comfort of your own toilet, it seems that readjusting our bowel patterns upon the anticipated return to the office is a big concern. Mm. Big concern. I don't really have that concern. I, uh, to me, if uh, you know, my body is not going to listen to uh, that kind of logic, when it needs to go, it's got to go. Yeah, but mine, mine's uh, pretty regular. I mean, I, I generally try to not go in a public bathroom uh, for number two. See, I have been in situations where there's really no choice. And uh, maybe it's a part of my physiology. Maybe it's one of these uh, genetic conditions. But yeah. when the clock is about to ring, I jump to it. 18% of people will really go to lengths to avoid going at work. Uh, 18% say that they will hold it all day. 28% have snuck off to another floor. Mm. And 18% admitted to going home in order to use the bathroom. You know, uh, when the addition was built on this building mm-hmm. 18 years ago, you know, where our office now sits, there right. was a bathroom uh, constructed. Now, you and mean the, the one out near our offices or the one in the middle? The one out near our office. Yeah. Uh, I am proud to say that I believe I was the one that christened, christened that ship. Uh, kind of like when you would take a bottle of champagne hit the bow of a, of a boat. Mm. That was uh, that was me. Become very intimate uh, with that room. And uh, well, I the have... the biggest one, too. Oh, you, get, really, you nice. really get to spread out. Oh, yeah. You know? and, and it's also got uh, the rails. There's, there's, a, there's a rail on the mm. right side of the toilet, but then there's also one that comes down from the wall yep. on the left side. I mean, you can really brace yourself. Oh, you know? yeah. I mean, I yeah. do it. I do it all the time. It's, uh, it, we've got four of them. And uh, and that one, yeah, that one's the biggest. But uh, I really, uh, I I prefer to be, I prefer to be at home. And then when I'm at home, uh, I have a what's referred to as a bath and a half. I have one full bathroom with a tub, and then I have another that is only a toilet and a sink. Right. And uh, I don't like going in that one. It's it's a little too confining. Because, you know, by being that small, you're right up against the wall. Yeah, but you know, There's you, really no room to put my feet. But you're, you know, you're a single guy. So it's 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 not like you need that. But isn't it no. still nice to have the option? Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. If I'm down there, uh, it's, uh, it's two flights of stairs. Yeah. You know, they're all half flights. See, my house has only got one bathroom. Yeah. And, uh, you know, while... Well, you got sinks. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I do it. I got a tub. I mean, it's all yeah, pipes. It's all pipes. You know. I mean, I got that. But you know, I mean, I don't. I don't. I'll, I won't do it in somebody else's house no. unless it's an emergency situation. And but in, and in that case, I warn the people. Oh yeah, I'd be right. like, look, I'm sorry. I would never normally do this in someone else's house. Yeah. But I can't not do it. But, but an, you should know you're going to need to repaint tomorrow. But in an office environment, I've got no problem. Oh no. 
No. Because no. you can slip out and nobody knows it was you. It's 8 o'clock with Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102. Hot. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 813 and Journey on Rock 102. There was a... Uh... There was a, uh, a documentary on, on Netflix uh, a little while ago that I watched that was kind of interesting. It was, uh, it was about a young girl who came to the U.S., came to L.A. from uh, British Columbia. She uh, stayed at the Cecil Hotel, which is a, a, a long-known kind of uh, Skid Row area okay, of uh, L.A. It's in Skid Row. It's on Skid Row, yeah. And uh, she disappeared at some point during her stay there. And it was kind of interesting. The The biggest piece of evidence they had was this uh, grainy video from an elevator that she was in at one point. And uh, eventually they found her body in a water tank on the roof of the hotel. And to this day, they still don't know uh, either how she got in it or whether she was murdered or, you know, those kinds of things. But what what was interesting about the documentary was to see how many people uh, on the internet took it upon themselves to to really examine not just a bunch of other things about this case, but also that grainy elevator video and start coming up with their own scenarios and theories of uh, conspiracies and things like that. So that was uh, some years ago. In, in the meantime, people have continued to do that. There was a, a story a little while ago on the Today Show this morning. Uh, yesterday, Gabby Petito's body was positively identified as being the body that was found in uh, in a park in Wyoming, uh, a national park in Wyoming. And the manner of death was determined to be homicide. The cause of death has not been disclosed, if it's in fact even known yet at this point by investigators. And as you know, uh, the boyfriend, uh, Laundry, the Laundry boy, uh, he has been missing now for well over a week as well after coming back from this cross-country trip alone without Gabby and then staying for a couple of days with his parents and then presumably leaving uh, and I still don't know whether he left on foot or if he left by some other form of transportation because they yesterday they towed a car from the house. So I don't know how he left. But th- same thing. These people on the Internet are trying to solve this case. There are, there are people who have uh, video that they actually took in that area, uh, not just there in Wyoming where the body was found, but in Utah – Uh, There was an incident where they had a domestic uh, issue and the police came out and and, uh, didn't make any arrests. But people had been driving by and inadvertently took video that they never even realized until they realized Gabby was this girl who was missing and this is the vehicle they were looking for and and blah, blah, blah. But um, the other side of that, which I find very interesting as well, so they can't find the boyfriend. And granted, he was not under surveillance because at the time he was only considered a person of interest. He was not considered a suspect. And then until you go from person of interest to suspect, there may not be enough probable cause to get the court to give you a warrant to put a tracker on you or or to go through your house. But just as many, just as there are people on the Internet trying to solve this, there could also be people on the Internet who are 
sympathetic to him and sure. could be hiding him, could be helping him, could be uh, you know providing him with money or food or shelter or any number of things. And then you know making it more difficult to investigate. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know, you you think. God, these people, and and these people in that documentary, uh, I don't know whether they just focused on the ones who seemed like shut-in losers, or if that's actually a an accurate representation of the kind of people who use the internet to try to solve crimes when they're not professional investigators. Well, did you see the um the uh, the documentary? Uh, what's it called? I'll, I'll be gone in the dark. I don't think so. So this is actually a really interesting story. Uh, Michelle McNamara was the uh, was the first wife of Patton Oswalt, the comedian. Oh, I did see this. Yeah, and uh, she had been a blogger, like a true cl- crime blogger, for years and years. Mm-hmm. And then you have uh, this case of the uh, the Golden State Killer, and it winds up being a cold case. I mean, they they cannot find this guy. They have no idea who he is. The clues are uh, are tough to come by. And she has this obsessive, uh, you know, compulsion about this case. And what winds up happening is her research into this case was the stuff that eventually led to this guy's conviction. I think in in a, in a real true way, uh, you know, that kind of thing is more of an aberration mm-hmm. than you know the average dude sitting in his uh, mother's basement with a laptop right. trying to pick apart different different uh, different crimes but you know, on the other hand you know this and, and you know the uh, the book I'll be gone in the dark was you know was completed after her death but it does show you know the the her investigative talents were were pretty you know high you know, you know, high quality. I mean, mm-hmm. she knew what she was doing. Most people don't. No. And they wind up going down these rabbit holes that, you know, not only misinform you, they want, you know, you do have the potential to screw up a good investigation when it happens. And the problem is, is that all of these people who think they know something then will contact either the local police or the state police or the FBI and those law enforcement agencies oftentimes are kind of obligated to follow up on those leads that end up taking them nowhere and take time away from the actual uh, investigation. But it, it is it is surprising, you know, just even seeing this this morning on the Today Show. I mean, you know, this kid is missing. You know, my, my concern more is about I don't get his parents. I don't understand how, you know, they released a statement yesterday after Gabby was identified. May may Gabby rest in peace. May, may she rest in peace. Part of the peace is, first of all, solving her murder, and secondly, finding your son. And, and, and all you know is that he left the house last week to go hiking in an alligator snake-infested swamp? You know, what, what kind of, how? I wouldn't be surprised if the parents end up getting arrested either for, for harboring a fugitive or for having some kind of conspiratorial uh, connection to this whole thing. But it's like, you know... I, yeah, I just, but they don't appear to be the ones who are under investigation at this point. So well, I mean, you don't I, know. No, you don't. But I mean, but you, but you, they're, I don't believe they're tops on the list by, at this point. Well, know, but so. I mean, they might be because arresting them might get them to then give up information yeah, to but, find their son. But 
but you need enough evidence to even support arresting them. Sure, and, and they, that's what I'm saying. They might be working on that case, and they might. It wouldn't surprise me <clears throat> if they found out they did. And, and, you know, the lawyer who just comes in and says, listen, uh, and, and all lawyers do this. You understand that. It's on TV, for God's sake. Every lawyer is going to tell you not to say anything. But when they're looking for someone who's actively wanted and and you know or could know something and you're being told to say nothing, that seems more of an, an impediment than it is yeah. uh, you're, you're right. It does, but I think that's on us as the public more so than it is, you know, legal. I mean, I mean, the, the truth of the matter is, yeah, you, you want uh, your people involved in a case to not say anything because you don't want to prejudice a potential jury. You don't want to say something that's going to wind up haunting you in, in, the, in the courtroom. You, know, you want to protect yourself. On the other hand, people jump to conclusions and they seem to think that if you're not saying anything, well, then clearly you must know something and clearly you must be guilty of something. And, it, and, then, and that's not always the case. Sometimes people are just simply following the directions of their attorney. Which is why you hire them in the first place. Yeah, well, this is uh, this is all very interesting. I, I I'm in my first uh, my thought now is that the kid is probably dead. Um, you know whether it was a suicide. Well, most likely it would be a suicide. But my initial belief was that he fled and that he had help and that he might be out of the country. Well, I'm you, not really feeling that way. You now. should start making phone calls, see if you can get involved in this investigation. Well, I am getting a new laptop and a desktop and an iPad because I am going to devote myself to this full time. <laughs> yes, you're, yeah, absolutely. You're, mm-hmm. you're Patton Oswalt's wife. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's hope I don't end up the same way. Day 23 with Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102. The McDonald's breakfast is too good to speak deal. Sounds a lot. 26 with Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102. Uh, football season continues in New England, and this Sunday, Coors Light Rock 102 gives someone a chance to win $5,000. Steve Nagel and the road crew will be outside uh, Tap Sports Bar at MGM uh, from noon until 2 as the as New England takes on New Orleans. If the game's opening kickoff is run back for a touchdown, someone is going to win $5,000, plus lots of other prizes from Coors Light and Rock 102. So come watch the game at Tap at MGM, and you could win five grand with Steve Nagel from Coors Light and Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. I wish I had that gig. Well, eventually it'll come to you, I'm I sure. I don't know about that with the whole, you know, this whole uh, pandemic and uh, immune compromised. And I mean, I'd unfortunately, if, they, if, if we had them again, I'd unfortunately have to miss most of the work releases. Oh, if, heavens. If oh, heavens. You oh, poor, heavens. You poor guy. I know. Well, well what well. we could do is we could put up like a vent tape around you in yeah. like a six foot, you know, like like six foot in, uh, radius. Mm-hmm. So no one can get close enough to you to breathe on you. That's usually what I used to do at the work release yeah. <laughs> way <laughs> but, before a pandemic. Right. But without the event <laughs> tape, I don't think I don't think we had a, enough of that to go around for every uh, event. Well, I had, that, uh, I had that roll of police tape. Remember that time you dropped an egg on my kitchen floor and I set up four glasses around it and put the tape on it <laughs> <laughs> it's just about 8 28 news is next to rock 102 september 8 30 with bax and o'brien to rock 102 it's time for news brought to you by serve you locksmith they got a key for that here's local radio icon steve nagel traffic alert <laughs> road hug 
I-91 northbound exit 48 uh, has been closed by the Connecticut State Police due to an accident that happened early this morning. Uh, according to a statement by the police, the ramp is expected to be closed for most of this morning due to a utility pole being knocked down in that accident. Now, is that the new 48 or the yeah. old 48? Yeah, the new one, which it's, is what? They didn't change the exit numbers in Connecticut, did they? Oh, oh, in Connecticut. Uh, I'm yeah. sorry. All right, yeah, 48 in yeah. Connecticut is uh, is Elm Street. Yeah, I noticed that the other day when I was driving to Enfield. I said, mm. uh, I said, well, how come they didn't do it here? Because they're already. It's already done. That exit is 48 miles from the I-95 interchange in New Haven. Connecticut's already had that system. We we and and Vermont were the only two in the country that didn't do it. Well, that's crazy. Yeah, Meh. yeah. But yeah, that's uh, that's Elm Street. Isn't it funny how you know we just know by location where exits are now. We don't know the numbers anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they've, they've taken that out of uh, out of our hands. Now we got to learn all new numbers. And the funny thing is, even though I've been here for twenty years, living in Massachusetts, more than almost thirty years now, uh, I still didn't really know the exit numbers from from one to twelve. Well, what about uh, what about six through nine? I didn't know one through twelve. What six ab- through nine's in the middle of one through twelve. Well, what about one through three? I didn't. Uh, I- I'm not playing that. Uh, <laughs> Homie, don't play that game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know an exit number until fourteen, which is the which is where you get on the Mass Pike. Oh, I thought you meant the age of fourteen. No, no. Well, that makes a lot more sense. But uh, yeah, Connecticut's were, already uh, already got that. I mean, there were certain ones that I knew. You know, I mean, I, I knew which one got you to the hospital. I knew which one got you to uh, to Yankee Candle. By now, the number? Yeah, I, I used to. Now, mm-hmm. I don't. I, uh, if somebody was asking me for directions, I don't even know what to tell them. Mm-hmm. Like, you're on your own, buddy. You're on your own. We still didn't figure out why they really did that, though, right? What? Is it the mile marker? It's mile marker because of what? Because, because it's easier for people or first responders to be able to give a location of uh, an accident or a disabled vehicle or anything like that. But it's really not. Because Mm. if you're living in the state of Massachusetts and you're an emergency worker in the state of Massachusetts and someone tells you uh, it's an accident just past uh, exit 15, you know where that is because that's your territory. Yes, but... If you uh, were not from this area and all of a sudden you started one of those jobs, let's say, or they, you know, transfer a state trooper from uh, the Berkshires to Western uh, to uh, the greater Springfield area or Uh out of Cape Cod and they put them in there. Plus, their whole computer system is uh, then attuned to the new numbers as well so that, you know, a first responder just has to follow the directions I'm sure they're given directions where they have some kind of a map, like a Waze type yeah. of thing. But it's a that's a pretty expensive fix for the out of town emergency worker. Uh, well, you know, you know, to me, we were doing just fine without the change. That's what you thought. We weren't doing fine. No, we, we were, were doing, doing we were doing fine. We were, do, we were stupid. Us in Vermont being the only two states in the country that weren't doing it. Well, now I feel stupid because I don't know where anything is anymore. And no. now we're all discombobulated. We are. And before we were we were combobulated just fine, right? And now uh, it's all screwed up. Yeah. Uh, here's one I should probably read in the uh, special old timey voice. Ready? All right. Mm. Hear ye, hear ye! A special election was held for the select board in Montague on. 
Tuesday morning. There were four candidates on the ballot for residents to decide. Just one vote separated the leading candidate, Matthew Lord, from Joanna May Booty. All precincts have reported, but the numbers below are still unofficial results. The turnout, 11%. Mm, Which means 11 people. Well, it was 192 people, but uh, still, that's a very low turnout for a primary day. Uh, Chickabee, what did you say? What percent? Uh, 11%. Yeah, well, Chickabee had 1.9%. Right, but they have more people. Yeah, but nevertheless, 1.9, when you do it by percentage basis, Basis well, that's yeah. hard to say. Yeah, but you can basis. just... That's basis. It's like Mrs. Onassis. Onassis. Well, I got to tell you, if I knew there was a, bo- uh, a, a booty on the ballot, I'd be uh, I'd be the first one up at the polls. Someone stole the vote from the booty. That's right. If one... I knew there was a booty on the council, I might have joined. You think uh, Miss Booty uh, might uh, contest that race? How do you spell it, by vote? the way? B-O-O-D-Y. Uh-uh, okay. Yeah, it's not mm-hmm. booty. Right, right. Like, shake your booty. It's a very southern type of name, though. Joanna Mae Booty. It's Joanna Mae Booty. Like Carly Rae Jepsen. Yeah, Carly Rae Jepsen. Or Sugar Ray Leonard. Oh, shit. <laughs> you know, you kind of look like Sugar Ray Leonard. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually thought uh, she looked like Lena Horne. Lena Horne. <laughs> <laughs> That's another side. That's another one. Enfield police are investigating a burglary at a popular restaurant which, uh, in which a glass door was smashed and considerable damage was done to the interior. Where I wonder is this? if this was, the, this was in uh, Hazard Avenue in Enfield. This is a Lulu's Pizzeria and oh, Family uh, restaurant. That's a good place. At the Hazard Trademark on Route 190. was smashed sometime between 9, 10 p.m. Wednesday and 10, 05 a.m. Thursday. Sons of bitches. A cash drawer was taken from the reg- register, which contained no money, according to Police Chief Fox. Uh, damage was estimated around $3,200. I wonder, though, uh, if it's the same people who did Frank's auto body with the smash and the hammer thing. Could have been. I mean, it's not uh, It's not too far away. No, it's, but, uh, I mean, it's air, It's regional. Yeah, yeah, could be. In which case, you might have an international, uh, an interstate, <coughs> excuse me, burglary ring out there. Oh, I love burglary rings. Wow. Uh, when somebody brings that to the conference room upstairs yeah, uh, for a good burglary ring. I know. Uh, yeah, Red, at Red Robin, they used to have a whole tower of them. A whole tower of them? Yeah, no, those are right. onion rings. What's the difference? <laughs> yeah. An 87-year-old woman was found dead inside of a freezer in the garage of her Southern California home. It was a retired homicide detective with the L.A. County Sheriff's Department. That's weird. Authorities on Tuesday identified her as Miriam E. Travis. She retired as a detective sergeant in 1990 after 27 years with the department, including 11 in the Homicide Bureau. No arrests have been made since her body was discovered on Sunday in Riverside after another relative asked police to check on the older woman. They had a stench coming from the basement. Uh, No arrests were made. Did they determine it was a homicide? Uh, Riverside police say the daughter gave inconsistent statements about the whereabouts Uh of her mother. An autopsy is planned. Mm -hmm. Usually in that type of case, mom dies and this kid's like, you know what? She's getting this fancy pension check from the L.A. County Police Department, the L.A. Police Department. And I got this big freezer to keep the body so nobody knows. And even when they find the body... It's very hard to determine time of death when a body's been frozen. So um, she might be getting arrested soon. That was uh, that was the Iceman killer. 
the oh. Richard, uh, what was his name? The Iceman. Uh, uh, the one on the HBO. He Val did the Kilmer? Whole... No. George Gervin? No. What was his name? Richard's, Richard Kuklinski. Kuklinski? He was the guy they did that whole HBO special back in the 90s on, and all the people that he killed. He was a hitman. Mm. You don't remember no. this? No, I don't no. remember this one. How could you not remember this? It was a very shocking... Ah, uh, yes, Richard Kuklinski. He's dead now. Known as the Iceman. Yeah, because he used to freeze the bodies. Ah. So the police would have a really hard time figuring out who killed uh, mm-hmm. who. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah, well... If you're gonna if you're gonna kill somebody, you should do it in a cool way. You should be cool at it. Yeah, I don't and know he was that. very cool. The uh, Justice Department is suing to stop American Airlines and JetBlue from coordinating their flights in the Northeast. Government antitrust lawyers said Tuesday that the deal between the two airlines will reduce competition and lead to higher fares. The airlines say there's no evidence of that, and they vow to fight the government lawsuit. American and JetBlue announced their deal last year and are already coordinating some flights to attract more passengers. They say it's helping them close the gap on competitors, Delta and United, in the Northeast. You know, uh, I don't know. Uh, you obviously haven't taken a plane ride anytime, uh, re- any time. Not recently. Any recently. Yeah. Um, they change the flight times all the time now. It's not just like, uh, hey, uh, we, we the flight I took out to Vegas was changed five times before they settled on the time that the flight was supposed to be. You mean after you bought the ticket yeah. and you were there the day or waiting to go there the day of the flight? Well, the day of the it was the day before the flight they changed it again. Yeah. That was the last time they changed it, but they had changed it five times previously yeah. from purchasing the ticket back in March, I think. Yeah, mm. that's what happened to me with the Spirit. They changed it five times until I finally just got in the car and drove. Yeah. That's uh that's annoying. Well, because if you're, you know, give like or say, you're at the uh, the red eye out or whatever. What's the eye opener one in the morning? What's the one in the morning? Uh, the, the eye early, opener, early bird. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. six a.m. You're like, all right, six a.m. I'll be uh, wherever I need to be in a few hours, and boom, boom. And all of a sudden, the flights change till three o'clock in the afternoon, and now you're not going to be there till nighttime. You've lost a whole day. Exactly. Yeah. But well, they, they do this too often. When uh, when they allowed deregulation. And claimed that it was going to cause more competition, create more competition. And it ended up doing the exact opposite. When when Congress is against an idea, I tend to believe it might be in our favor. Uh, and, they, and they're trying to block it instead of thinking it's the other way around. Here, here you got Congress is saying, what will this do? It'll, they, they want to prevent it because of what? Uh, to... To keep, because they say that, that, that there's not going to be no competition yeah. in fares, and right? They're going to, yeah. and that's the what they up. said about comp. That's what they said about consolidation, and they were wrong. Yeah. See, well, when you're being lobbied by uh, certain people of a certain industry, mm-hmm. you tend to vote a certain way. Yeah, you this, tell this, them to tell this, people, "Hey, uh, this isn't good for you." This is probably why we shouldn't rely so much on government to solve our problems. It seems to me they kind of create more than they solve. It does. Uh, let's move on to something else, though, because I'm sick of talking about fair fair. Well, you're doing the news. I know. I'm just moving along. Well, I know, so move along. Well, I you're will. in charge I'm, of the well, story, I mean, you're Steve. talking about wanting to move let's along, talk about but you're not your, really moving Let's along. talk about your favorite thing, the first day of fall. Uh, 
Why? Are you excited that we're now entering fall, or are you sad that we're leaving summer? You already know the answer to that. According to a new poll, summer has a bigger fan base. 33% of people said summer is their favorite season, followed by 22% who chose spring. Spring, Spring, please. please. Fall wasn't too far behind with uh, 19%. Only seven people said they like winter the best, while 18% said they don't know or don't have a favorite season. And to me, uh, admittedly, I didn't always dislike fall. I I became uh, a disliker of fall because I allowed myself to now look at it as a prelude to winter. Well, yeah, it's not but the fall it's, itself. But hasn't it been a lot? It's been a lot warmer in the last ten years or so. Yeah, but, uh, you know, uh, when I I go by wedding schedules, mm. a lot of people used to get married in September. That's the big day. Sure, was is the big weekends are September. Now it has shifted into October and November. Well, that's when I got I got married October second. Right, but it like later in the month. Right, you know you're yeah. talking near yeah. Halloween and more into uh, after all Saints Day. You know that day, that day, and then uh, <laughs> uh, but it's it's because of the temperature. Yeah, that's what it is. But the temperature's not. I mean, to me, the difference of temperature, like now, okay. Uh, yesterday it's about seventy three degrees. When it's seventy three degrees. In March or very, very early April, you're like, oh, man, this is beautiful. I can go sit outside now. When it's 73 degrees after a summer that was as hot as this one was, 73 is chilly. 63 is unbearable. And 53, you're dead. Yeah, no, I don't I don't think that's the case. I mean, I mean look at this week. It's nothing but 70-degree days. I mean, I know you think that 75 is now chilly, but it's really not. Mm. It actually... It's warm for this time of year. I measure it by whether or not I can sit outside on my deck and read. And now I have to have on socks and a long sleeve shirt. Well, what were you wearing in the middle of, of summertime? Absolutely nothing. See, that's why you're better off yeah. with a little bit of a cold Absolutely around you. Absolutely nothing. Leaves changing colors. Leaves are falling to the ground, crunching as I step fall. I hate that almost as much as the Tuesday afternoon. Thing. What's wrong? What's wrong with haiku? Oh God, I've always hated that. Crisp the word for fall. Mm. Ripe apples, dry mm. leaves, breezes that hint of winter. Yeah. Fall haiku. Mm-hmm. Lovely time of year. Take a walk and look around. I realized the when I color. said I hated it, you're going to do it forever. Gorgeous. Well, it's just like when Congress uh, <laughs> thinks that something is bad for us, they're yeah. going to tell us that hey, it's, uh, it's, it's exactly good for the us. same thing. Yeah. Sure. Uh, we could do one more. Right? Yeah, sure. Why not? You're on that. a roll. It is autumn time. Mm. A leaf no longer green falls, yeah. softly kissing the earth. Right. Fall haiku. I you're wish. A, I wish we had some bongos to play while you're doing this. We should have some bongos. What? We can't even afford uh, air quality, a uh, good air quality of this building. You think they're going to afford a pair of bongos? Well, that's why they won't let us have trombones and trumpets. <laughs> that's right. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be uh, cloudy with rain showers, high of 77. Tomorrow, more of the same with a high of 79. It is 69, giggity, in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. Enjoy Lobster Fest at Villa Napolitano starting September 5th through the 28th.